Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, one of the craziest things we've got going on in our culture is this whole transgender thing. And to me, it's like another kind of example of where we're just ignoring reality. (laughs) But it's got, it's showing up in in real areas, right? Like uh, we've talked a little bit about this, but it's showing up in the schools. Uh, this, this ideology is showing up in children's books and uh, events sponsored by the local libraries. And, you know, there's this, there's this need to, uh, by this trans community, to really force these ideas into the mainstream. And, you know, you know kind of come out of the shadows and, 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 and say, see, we belong and these aren't extreme ideas at all, and we should uh, we should make sure children and other people know about them in case they, I, you know, I don't know, in case they have thoughts of being a member of the opposite sex or whatever. I mean, I don't know what their reasoning is, but it, it's just um, it's it's like there's anything that's on the fringe. That like you have this, the vast majority of the people belong to a particular culture, right? There's a, there's a, a kind of a family culture. I mean, everybody belongs to a family, or, or at least at one time belonged to a family. So that's kind of the culture we have, right? We have a mother, a father, you know, children growing up in a home. It may not be the best home, right? It may be a, maybe a home where there's a lot of trouble. There's abuse. There's drinking. There's drugging. There's whatever. But the family is kind of your first line of defense against everything, right? Against, uh, you know, the family provides safety, security, shelter. Uh, the family is a core part of life in America. I mean, there, it's, it, and it's always been that way. It's been that way since America has been here. And, and it's really that way across other cultures as well. But there's these things, these ideas that have come out, and they started, you know, there's all these new studies in universities, you know, women's studies and African-American studies and all these things that are, that are kind of questioning traditional knowledge, traditional experience. And, you know, sexuality is one of these, you know, there's, there's, there's gay, there's, you know, there's homosexual uh, elements in our society, there's trans elements, there's um, people with all kinds of uh, weird kind of taboo, you know, lifestyles or whatever. And I'm not judging, I'm just saying these are, these are relatively small slivers of our society, of our larger society. But there seems to be this overwhelming need to be recognized as normal, you know, and the fact is it's just not normal. Now I'm not, again, I I don't, if if somebody chooses to live this way, I'm fine with that. I don't have any problem with that. 
But when you start imposing those ideas or that, that way of life on my children who I have no interest in them, you know, learning about that. Okay. Um, or you start imposing, um, those ways into our, uh, body politic because you want to, you know, participate in women's sports or, or whatever. And you start using the government to force, um, your, your lifestyle on the rest of us legally, that's where I got to draw the line. I mean, that's, that's, that's absurd. And, um, again, for me, it's, it's a question of using the government to get what you want, using the force of government because government is force. Government is compulsion. Government it's either one way or the other with government. They always, you know, people always talk about the one size fits all, but really, it's either government is a is a is a it's either one way or another. There is no nuance with government. It can't be that way because it uses the law to enforce um, its its way, and the law is either you broke it or you didn't, or you're violating it or you're not. You know, so it's always a binary kind of kind of a choice when government gets involved. And, and things like this are very nuanced, right? I mean, uh, somebody in their mind, okay, feels like they should be a woman. Um, well, okay, well, the vast majority of the people in the world don't feel that way. Or somebody in their mind feels like they should be a man or whatever. The vast majority of people, I mean, the overwhelmingly vast majority of people feel like they're in their own, their right body sexually. Most people do not feel this way. So for people to uh, insert that way, especially illegally with the force of government, to me is, is abhorrent and immoral and, uh, and you know, it, it needs to kind of stop. I mean, these, these people really have gone too far. I mean, to the point where they're really, again, they're not seeing... Uh, they're seeing a completely different reality here. Um, so I thought we would use this experience that Riley Gaines had at, uh, at the University of San Francisco, um, you know, where she was talking about men competing in women's sports, and she was attacked and uh, barricaded in a room for like three hours against her will, essentially by students who believe that, you know, their their way of thinking or their way of being is a right. They should have a right to impose, not just a right to be the way they are, which is fine. You can be whatever you want to be. I mean, if you if I want to say I'm a, you know, I'm a cat, I guess I can get a bunch of plastic surgery and make myself look like a cat, right? But I don't have the right to impose that on other people and suggest that, Maybe because other people might also be cats, we need to pass laws, we need to teach it in schools, we need to do all this crazy shit because, you know, I'm not the only one who thinks they're a cat. You know, this is, this is, the, this is the absurdity of it, right? So we're going to use this interview, this Robbie Suave interview and this uh, discussion about Riley Gaines' experience as, as a backdrop for what are these rights and how should we honor them and or should we honor them at all? 
Independent Women's Forum spokeswoman and former college swimmer Riley Gaines says that she was attacked and barricaded inside a classroom at San Francisco State University campus last week. This was after she was giving a speech criticizing transgender athletes competing against biological women. Let's take a look. I'm coming, I'm good, I'm good. SFSU released a statement claiming the attack was mostly just students, quote, peacefully protesting and that it required, quote, tremendous bravery to confront the speaker. So the audio is not that great, but you can hear some woman yelling trans rights or human rights, trans rights or human rights over and over and over again. And clearly, uh, if you look at the video, it's it's not violent, but it's kind of scary. I mean, she's got a lot of police around her. There's people like taking swings at her. Apparently, she was hit in the face, according to her. And so this is this is kind of ridiculous, but this has been going on at college campuses for some time. Um, the idea that speech is violence or something, you know, um, that somebody coming there and sharing their opinion or their experience in her case uh, is somehow harming, you know, this trans movement or whatever that is. So what I want to do today is I want to explore this idea of rights. You know, what is a right? Why, why are people running around these days asserting all these rights you know people are finding rights in places where rights don't exist and and they're running around asserting them and and they're trying to get government to codify you know so-called rights into law and all and there's just all kinds of craziness going on around rights and um so i thought i would explore this a little bit today and and use this this event as a as a backdrop uh to discuss it but um, but I want to wait until a little bit more. There's there's a, f a little bit more said by this woman that's reporting on uh, Robbie Suave's show, and, um, and and they just bring up some good some good points. But you know the obvious to me is women and women's sports have really done a lot to protect the integrity and create some, increase some fairness around women's sports, especially in college sports. So years ago, you know, women, women's sports were really kind of unheard of in, in, in colleges. And then, of course, women started going to college more often. Uh, their, their, their numbers started to increase in colleges. And people started to say, golly, you know, women can't get scholarships at schools like, like men can and so on and so forth. And so there was this uh, Title IX effort created. And basically what Title IX did is it said, look, if you're going to give 100 scholarships to young men for various sports, then you need to find 100 scholarships for women. You know, it is it is what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but the point is they went to great lengths to get this, uh, this uh, to happen for women. And... All of a sudden, this trans movement comes along, and they're completely undermining this. You know, 
uh, you got you got guys that are unsuccessful competing as men. Now I know I don't know what kind of guy does this. Maybe maybe the guys really do feel like a woman, you know, and so they they go ahead and and uh, and and compete as a woman. But but maybe the reason they weren't successful as competing in, as men in the first place is because they thought they were women, you know. I don't know, but to me this is a this is a basically an error of of um, of the mind. Okay, you got somebody somewhere claims to be whatever a woman a biological man claims to be a woman well okay fine who cares but it's it's altogether different now than when you take that claim and now you assert some sort of right because of it well i have a right to participate in these sports and compete against women i have a right to you know these are not rights okay and um and, and the fact that people are running around and bending themselves all over into weird shapes to try to accommodate these people is really absurd. Um, I mean, if you don't believe me, just, just if, let's, say you're not, let's say you're only 50 years old. Go down to the Social Security office and tell them that you identify as a 65-year-old person and you'd like to start collecting your Social Security. Yes, I know my driver's license says this. Yes, I know my birth certificate says that. But I identify as, um, you know, a 65-year-old person, and I have a right to take my Social Security. No, that's that's false. You do not have a right to do that. Uh, you you can claim that you're a 65-year-old person, but if you don't have a birth certificate that substantiates that or a driver's license that substantiates that, you do not have a right to Social Security under our current legal system. <laughs> so th- this is where the error takes place with, with a lot of people. So anyway, I, but this, this Riley Gaines thing I thought was really, it's disturbing. It, it, it's, it's weird that people are so screwed up in their heads that they, that they spend any time at all advocating for something so ridiculously stupid. Welcome to both of you. Riley, I'll start with you. Why were you barricaded and what happened to the people who assaulted you? Um, Well, first of all, nothing has happened to the people who assaulted me. The campus police did nothing. The student or the dean of students was there and did nothing. There will be no repercussions unless I have something to do with it. um, I will be pursuing legal action. These people need to face repercussions. Um, And I was barricaded because after my speech, um, an ambush of people entered into the classroom, turned off the lights, they attacked me. Um, I got escorted out of the room and immediately pushed into that room that we saw on the video. And I was trapped in there for three hours. So keep in mind that the university commented that it was mostly peaceful and that the students were brave for uh, pushing back on uh, the speaker's opinions. I mean, this is... You know, I don't, I don't know what the heck is going on in universities these days. I mean, universities have always been a place where, you know, people protest and and they, you know, your mind, you, you, your ideas get developed there and things like that. But I, I think what's happening today that's that's maybe not happened so much in the past is you got these professors really 
encouraging all this stuff. You know, these these really radical ideas and uh, and, and and ideas that just don't comport with reality, really. And um, and it leads to all this craziness. And you know, clearly, I mean, what she described and and from the audio earlier that I played. Um, it, that was a pretty terrifying experience. I mean, she's a pretty small woman. Uh, anytime a, a huge number of people, I mean, just watch, let's just look at Twitter and look at some of the attacks that are happening in these high schools and stuff. I mean, these things can, I mean, these things can catch fire in just a second. And next thing you know, you're bloody to a pulp and you've got facial fractures and you're going to the hospital, you know, I mean, it, it's just really serious stuff. But these people feel so strongly about their wrong ideas that they're willing to, uh, you know, basically engage in violence. And this is a, this is a, obviously a problem. Um, but they're just, I don't know, man. There's like, there's a whole the whole government's feeding into it, um, talking about it all the time. LGBTQ plus rights and all this stuff. Look. Those people don't have any other rights than than you and I have. I mean, we all have the same rights, okay? We have the right not to be killed. We have uh, the right to pursue uh, our happiness uh, it, with work or uh, with play or whatever, as long as it doesn't infringe on other people's rights. I mean, you have the right to uh, uh, to negotiate a salary for your labor with an employer. Uh, I mean, these are just basic rights that people have. You have the right to speak freely. Uh, you have the, the right uh, to defend yourself. Um, you know, I, these are the kinds of rights people have. We don't have, there's no such thing as trans rights or gay rights. There's only rights of human beings. All these people that we're talking about are human beings. And human beings have the same rights, whether you're black or you're white or you're Asian or you're trans or you're gay or you're queer or, you know, bisexual or non-binary or whatever these other categories are, we all have the same rights. And what's happening is these groups are trying to carve out a special set of rights for themselves. And what's especially disturbing about it, I think, is they're trying to advocate that the government codify those rights into law. And this is, this look, this is a problem. This has been a problem in our government. You've got, um, you know, laws around uh, the American for Disabilities Act. Look, people that are disabled have the same rights as people that are non-disabled. But what's happened is this is now a favored group in the government. And so this creates all kinds of, this creates all kinds of problems in our in our market economy where uh, now people that are disabled have a more difficult time getting a job. Why? Well, because their employer can't fire them. Why? Well, because they're a favored group. Uh, blacks are a favored group. And what's the result? Blacks have a harder time finding jobs. Uh, look, if you're an employer and, you're, uh, and you hire people, right? That's what an employer does. You have to be able to fire somebody if they don't perform. But when you when you hire somebody that becomes one of these favored groups, you automatically put yourself 
in some sort of legal jeopardy. So we're not doing these groups any favors by carving out special privileges for them. Okay, This is not helping them at all. Uh, it may appear to help them, and it may be good for it may be good politics, you know, for the politicians running for office, but in in reality, it doesn't help. And uh, and and there's and there's no such right anyway. There are no African American rights that exist beyond the rights of other human beings. She says she was hit twice by a man, not even a transgender woman, but a man. So they have arrived at a situation where their ideology justifies actual men, biological, cisgendered, you know, men punching women. And that is justified in the name of protecting trans rights. When your ideology has arrived at a place where it justifies men punching women, there is a sickness afoot. Right? We are regressing as a society. It is so appalling that a young woman, a tiny woman, would need an escort of, you know, when she finally was able to leave the campus, you know, six hours later, she, there was 10 police officers around her because of something she said, which is a view that is shared by 83% of Americans. The violence with which she was greeted from the silence is violence crowd. I mean, they've really mm. turned it on its head, right? Right. You know, these uh, these woke activists love to use these cliches, you know, these, these little slogans, silence is violence. But there's no actual critical thinking about what it is they're doing or uh, what it is they're saying. And... And the, the, the act of saying is a way you communicate ideas, and ideas have power, right? But, you know, there are no... The, the, the simple answer to all this is there, the rights of people, the rights of human beings are grounded in property rights or the right to own yourself, okay, your own, your own body. Everybody owns their own body. And all these other rights are an extension from owning your body, right? And so there's nothing unique about owning a disabled body that would give you more rights than someone who, has, who owns a body that's not disabled. Now, I know this is getting a little bit theoretical, but th this, is, this, is the this is how you know we're not actually talking about rights, what we're actually talking about is privilege. These people are running around calling for rights, but what they're really wanting is the government to privilege them in some way. And, and that privilege then gives them certain rights under the law, right? But the law, once, once you give somebody a privilege in the eyes of the law, that's, that then becomes a perversion of the law. So, just because just because somebody has a privilege under the law doesn't mean that's a right. And and this has all been very confused by our population, right? Because people don't actually understand what a right is. They don't they look at some violation or some difficulty in getting what they want out of society as some violation of their rights. And that's just not the case. 
you know, there's no saving, you know, American universities at this point, I don't think. What I think the, the left view should be is to make sure that people don't have to go to college uh, in order to have a, a, a dignified life, because what, these kids are not learning anything that they need that's going to make them better Americans and better citizens. There's nothing going on there that's in the public interest at this point, as far as I can tell. You know, and, and when people say we want free college, I mean, that's what they want more of. They want more students going through. I mean, what do you think it's like to be a kid in that audience who agreed with with uh, Riley? Right. What, what is it like yeah. to to witness this after that? Right. I mean, my God, <laughs> you're never going to speak up. You know, I mean, the, the cost there, you want to make the cost of speaking your truth, the truth that, you know, 83 percent of Americans agree with. Right. That, you know, trans women should not be allowed to compete in women's sports despite the fact that most Americans want trans people to be protected from discrimination, this thing they don't want, that is a mainstream view, and they want to make it impossibly costly to express that and, view, and we, we have to push back against that. And so and another mainstream view, even on a, even on very liberal campuses, it's, it's a mainstream view that even if you disagree with the person, they should be allowed to speak. So I, I, there are probably a lot of students on that campus who wanted to hear the perspective of a Riley Gaines type person. Maybe they agree, maybe they disagree. But they don't think she should be met with violence, certainly. That is a fringe belief even on college campuses. It's in, in the research I've done on this in previous reporting. People are really starting to get frustrated with these universities. And um, it's not the universities across the board. It's not, it's, not, it's not all universities, and it's not every part of every university. In other words, you can go to a school and get an engineering degree or a physics degree or, you know, what, what I, what I consider to be objective kind of knowledge type degree and learn the fundamentals of the physical world and how things work and, um, engineering, things like that, where, where universities have really gotten bad is on the whole liberal arts side of things. Um, people used to study, you know, the great works of philosophy and, and, and even I, I know because my daughter's taken philosophy and even studying philosophy, they, they, they tend to emphasize things like John Rawls and people like that, you know, uh, maybe we'll do something on John Rawls, but he was the guy who said, you know, uh, basically if you don't know who you're going to be when you're born, then what you would want is you would want society or government to act behind this veil of ignorance or, or you would, you would want, um, you know, the benefits of society to be distributed equally and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, this is, this has made the liberal arts, uh, part of universities worse, right? Um, there, and then also there's been just an explosion of, things like African-American studies and gender studies and all these weird ideas like intersectionality have come out of this. And, and really what this has done is it's just, it's, it's, it's unleashed the crazies, right? The people that are, uh, and, and, and it's exploded political activism. Uh, and that, the reason why is because, again, if you're looking for some sort of privilege in society, if you want special recognition well, then you go to government to get a privilege. Government can force everybody else to recognize your weird little thing. Okay? 
Um, most people, I mean, if, if you didn't have government, like making it a thing uh, that, that we had to recognize and, and codify into our human resource departments at our companies, people would just go, hey, man, your thing, whatever it is, it's fine. You do it at home, but you don't bring it to work. That, that would be the end of it, right? But now we're forced to recognize it at work and all this other stuff. The other thing in this last clip that I thought was worth talking about is the cost associated with ignoring these fringe ideas. Um, they, they make it so that the costs are really high. Like for me to say, hey, I don't care about your trans thing, okay? For me to have a stance like that, that's your thing. Go do your thing. I'll do my thing. But don't bring that shit on me. You know, don't force it on me, right? Well, this attitude that I'm expressing as an example, that what they what this what these groups have been able to do is they've been able to outsize the cost to me for not acknowledging it. And part of that is um, in the in these speech uh, areas. Again, the government has gotten involved and, and made it uh, uh, like an important thing that then companies need to adopt and, and talk about in their HR departments, in their diversity, equity, inclusion programs, and things like that. So the, even though she talks about, holy, 83% of the people believe that men biological men should not compete in women's sports what what's happened is they've made uh, these these fringe groups have somehow made it so costly to have that opinion that 83 percent of the population shares that you can't express it just like riley Gaines found out you can't express it on a state-funded university which is compelled by law to recognize free speech, and she can't express that view without it being overly costly to her personally, physically in this case. And then uh, having police, you know, having to be barricaded in a room for three hours and then have uh, campus administrators negotiate with the, with the, the violent mob as to what it's going to take to, to get Riley Gaines safely off the campus. I mean, you see how, how they've increased the cost of Riley Gaines sharing an opinion with 83% of the Americans. It's so costly for her. And she talks about it in the interview. I don't think I played this clip, but how most women are not speaking out about this. But women are going to have to find their voice in this because if they don't, they're going to find whatever kind of feminist gains they were able to make over the last 30, 40, 50 years, those are going to disappear. Those are going to completely disappear. Um, and this is like a, uh, like a roundabout way for men to recapture ground that they lost to women in the last 50 years. Now, I, again, I don't really care about all this stuff. I, I just think it's 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 mostly stupid. And I think the real test is gonna be when the Olympics come along and not 
not so much from our team, but if we try, I mean, well, if we try to field a team uh, of women swimmers and there's a biological man on the team, I think you're going to see these other countries just flip their shit. They're going to flip their lids. They're going to, what, what the hell is wrong with the United States thinking they can put a dude on their women's swimming team and we're just going to lay down and take it? No, that, that ain't going to happen. They're going to push back hard on that. And there's going to be some sort of reality check um, to, this, to this group, to the American public. I mean, in fact, I can't wait till the Olympics come. I, I just want to see if we even try to outfit a team, a women's swimming team or a women's anything with a biological man on it. I can't wait to see whether or not that happens. We talked about people, you know, becoming, using things to kind of get likes and get clicks. That's not what she's doing. It's I mean, not? I, I've got no truck for right against personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. But she has she, she actually competed oh. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. That cannot be right. It cannot be fair. I switched to a clip of Piers Morgan talking to uh, a congresswoman named Katie Porter, and she's like, she kind of accuses Riley Gaines of doing, you know, uh, I don't know, shock media or whatever, where you get likes and comments and stuff, and and <laughs> and Pierce Morgan kind of sets her straight. But he's right. There, there is no way, there is no way you can. I mean, for as long as I've been watching sports, men and women have not been competing head to head. That's just. There's no way that's fair. Why would women even spend any time trying to uh, participate in something like that? And so it's just, it's absurd. It's, it's part of this, uh, this distortion of reality that people have. Uh, I mean, I see it. We've talked about it before on this program where people can look at two different things or the same thing and see can kind of two different realities. And so there's just something wrong in our society where, you know, uh, not only do people want to be recognized, which is fine. You know, it's fine for somebody to say, hey, I'm a, a gay woman or I'm a trans uh, woman or whatever. And for that, for them to live and exist in a society where the overwhelming majority of people are not that way, that's fine. It's altogether different, though, to come to some legislative body or governing body like the NCAA and insist that you get to compete as a woman when you're just objectively not a woman. Okay, I mean, that's, that is upside down world. That is crazy talk. And we're going to have to get over this. We're going to have to push these people aside and, 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 and slap them around a little bit, uh, you know, not, not literally, but figuratively, and, and like shake them into some sort of level of reality because they are living in la-la land. Yeah, I, I just find this whole debate completely baffling. I don't understand why every woman in the world wouldn't join together and say this is outrageous. And it's the treachery from women like the Democrat Congresswoman Katie Porter 
uh, like Megan Rapinoe, like these others who, who should be doing a lot better than they are. But you know what? A lot of women are scared. They're scared to do what you've done. You know, you went to San Francisco State University and, you know, you, you were in fear of your life with that mob. And it was terrifying. <laughs>